He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. E aku whakateitei ki te whenua e aku ihorei. Tēnā rā tātou katoa. Ko Justin Maria Hau, ko tēnei te hōtaka o Tiahika. Anō hoki, ko te wiki o te reo Māori tēnei, mēnā ka tautoko koutou i te kaupapa, nei rā te mihi. He waka e ke noa. This is the final episode in the series about Hene Mihi Teo Tawhito, a whare that gave shelter to 53 people during the Tarawera eruption on June 10, 1886 at Te Wairua. The eruption killed over 120 people and destroyed the pink and white terraces. In 1892, the house was dismantled. 23 carvings were shipped to England, where they have remained for the past 130 years. Now, in the first four episodes were featured stories about Hinemihi. The house was used as a boat shed and a dollhouse. During World War I, the Māori Pioneer Battalion stayed at Clandon House that was used as a hospital. They adjusted the carvings inside the house after they noticed they were facing the wrong way. Or the story about a 1986 visit from a group of 30, most of whom were descendants of Henemehe, and the emotional reunion they had with their ancestor. This visit inspired Alan Gallup to write the book The House with the Golden Eyes. Undoubtedly, there are more stories to share. She is our, I'm going to call her Aukwea, that we can go to where we get that physical way to a connection where we can just feel like we're home their suggestion was, well, they would carve new carvings for her. And I said, well, uh, you know, it's like taking the, taking the babies away from a mother and then giving her new babies. It, it has really affected me a little bit like that. Our goal with Tamaru has always been focused initially on the care, supporting the care of Hanamahi, um, and that has been practical through the work of Dean Sully. You know, our kuya is so powerful and so her way to is so strong. She knows the way we feel and she wouldn't let it go without leaving us something. I believe in that, you know. She will make sure that we have something in her place to remember her by. You can listen to episodes one to four at rnz.co.nz forward slash tiahika. This week, in the final episode, we are back in London with members of Ngāti Rānana, Te Kohangareo o Ngāti Rānana and Te Maru o Henemehi. Kiwirua Marshall is the liaison officer for Ngāti Rānana. Esther Jessup is their queer. The establishment of Ngāti Rānana goes back to the 1950s, which is when Esther moved to London. We join them both via Zoom. Ko tainui te waka, ko taupiri te maunga, ko waikato te awa, ko taupiri te, te marae, uh, ko Ngāti Koroki Kankura te iwi o te hapu o Ko te tāho takumāma, ko te wereroa te marae i te tāho tōpū pāpa, ko tainui a hau. Ai, tēnā koe Justine, ko tainui te waka, ko kapua rangi te maunga, ko wainui te awa, ko tōrere nui arua te tipuna, ko tōrere te marae, ko ngai tai te iwi. Tēnā koe. Kia ora. Tēnā koe, uh, Esther o tira tēnā korua. Um, maybe if we can start with talking about how you connect to, to Hinemihi and, and what you do in England. Kia ora. 
I first met Hannah Mahi in, I don't know, it was 1992-93 when the whānau came over to uh, replace the carvings for the Matapihi. That was my first interaction with her. Um, as an Ngāti Rānana member, we in the past performed a couple of times a year when the National Trust did their showcase day, if you like, of Hannah Mahi. And so we went out to Taupoko and support that and to support her. I am the current Ngāti Rānana liaison who is a member of Ngāti, uh, Te Maru Ohinamihi. Kia ora, tēnā koe kiwiroa. And yourself, Esther? My um, relationship with he- with Hinemehe goes way back. I've been here a long time. <laughs> In fact, I, I had heard about Hinemehe before I even left New Zealand because oh. a, a school teacher friend of mine, Mick Pendergrass, um, he was over here and he, he knew about Hinemehe. He so went to visit her. So when he came back to New Zealand, he knew I was about to come over um, because I came over for Christmas 1957. He was saying to me, you know, when you go over, you must go down to Clanton to see Hinamihi. And that was the first I knew about it before before I even came. So when I was here, somebody did take me down um, to see her. The club you know, wasn't connected with her at that time because this is 1958. I think um, um, one 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 Rōpū came over. Um, I think it was 1984 or 85, and and we in we went out to Pohiri then. That was a it was a lovely meeting, and um, I remember they were saying, "Oh, we've come to take our our queer home because she's lonely," and and. Sitting next to me was our koro, Hemi Wiremu, who had stayed here up from the war. And he looked at me and he said, she's not lonely, eh? And I said, no, she's not lonely because we look after her. And what's more, she looks after us, so we're not lonely. When when koro Hemi stood up to give his whaikōrero, it, it was so beautiful that they they all sort of softened and said, oh, oh, oh well, that's good then. So it's good to know she's not lonely. <laughs> it was lovely because the the Roku, the iwi um brought photographs and and you know put them up and we just had a had a lovely lovely tangi all together. It was beautiful. So Esther, have you been in London since fifty eight fifty six? Yes, I went home. I went home and had some time at home, and then came back again. So oh. my connection, yeah, my connection with home is is very strong. For me personally, I, I think. What people don't realise is when you're on the other side of the world or even just in another country and you're living there long term and you start having kids, right, and you're raising kids, you might be able to take them home every so often to see their marae, but you can't go down the road, you know, whenever whenever there's a tangi or a hui on. Um, and so Hinamehi, she, you'll hear this from the Kohanga crew, they, um, you know, she's the place that we have, other than the po in New Zealand house, she is our... I'm going to call it alquia that we can go to where we get that physical way to a connection where we can just feel like we're home and grounded. Hmm. And is that the same for you, Esther? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Kia ora kiwiro. That's quite right. Yeah. Mm. And I also think, you know, so we ha- we do have the hangi and we do, we do go out there and we do co-talk with the new, um, National Trust Days and stuff, but we, and, and various other groups do their own things and go out, individually like maramara and and things you know they'll just go out there and they'll practice just because they feel like it because they want to be in the presence of the queer and we actually have no idea who else feels her presence um and even at the recent hangi there was a british guy who turned up with a picture of his wife 
Kiwi woman who gave a donation to Hinamihi. And so he came along to be there with us. I mean, knowing for well, you know, as Māori, we know for well, she's Ngāti Hindamihi, that's where she comes from, that's who she belongs to, absolutely. And we have our own marae. But here, it's slightly different as well, because she supports us as mouchers, we we support her. Anything you'd like to add, Esther? Just to, to, to add a little bit more to what Kiwido said, that she's there for all New Zealanders, because... A lot of our, um, our, our, you know, Pākehā friends here, when we have hāngi, you know, hāngi day, they come out as well and they bring their families out um, because they feel that they, they have that sense of, of belonging. So then how do you both feel about the exchange of carvings? I don't know. I, I, was, I had mixed feelings. I was happy that she was going home, but then I was a bit sad she was going home because I thought of it as... Uh, Hinamihi being a mum and having her babies taken away from her. And I can remember feeling very strongly at the time and almost saying, well, you know, if you're going to take her babies home, take 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 her shell home as well. However, you can put that into Māori, um, but that whakaaro anyway. And and then later on, they, uh, you know, the, the suggestion was, well, they would carve new carvings for her. And I said, well, uh, you know, it's like taking the taking the babies away from a mother and then giving her new babies. It it has really affected me a little bit like that, and and then it it, it gets a little bit more complicated in my mind as well, because if we're having new carvings, is it an opportunity? Because we are pan tribal here, is it an opportunity for um, carvings to be carved by? you know, to, to come from the different regions, different areas of, 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 of Aotearoa. Kia ora. So Kiwiroa, how do you feel about that? Like fire. It's like really quite saddened for the queer to be going home. We understand the reasons. I guess the saving, well, is it a saving grace? Is that the right word? I don't know. But um, is the fact that um, actually we get something in return. Um, a new fare a new whare that is more functional, a new whare that is or hopefully will be pan-tribal um, and something that we can potentially help to shape. And, and mm. you know, the thing is that Ngāti Rānana, we're more or less the tangata whenua here and when any, whenever anything is required at Hinamihi, we're the ones they call on to be the tangata whenua. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, we, we have our Tūranga Waiwai here. Tēnā kōrua, Kiwiroa Marshal Ngāti Rānana Liaison Officer and Esther Jessup, who shared their kōrua about their connection to Henemihi and, of course, being part of the Māori diaspora in London. Samantha Callaghan is the current chair of Te Maru o Henemihi. She is a weaver and moved overseas about a decade ago. Maina Tapiata is from Tūhaurangi, Ngāti Porau, Ngāti Tarawhai. She moved to London with her husband in the 1990s. They have both raised their children there. They share their story. Ko tawhiti nui te maunga, ko tauranga te awa, ko mā tātua te waka, ko te moana nui a kiwa te moana. Ko te whanau āpanui rawa ko Ngāti Kahunu ngā iwi, ko te whanau apararaki te hapu, ko maru o Hene Maka te marae, ko Samantha Callaghan tōko ingoa. 
Kia ora, Sam. And just to give us an idea, how long have you been in England? I came over the day before Prince William got married, 28th of April. It was $200 cheaper to fly the day before. <laughs> um, so I've been here 10 years now, not looking to be going anywhere for the moment, despite the state of things. So, yeah. Kia ora. Tēnā koe, uh, Samantha. Uh, Maina. I te kaha tōku pāpa, ko Jan Tapiata, uh, tōku kuraua haukupa Tapiata no Ngāti Parau, tōku kuea anipeka perenara no Ngāti Rangitihi. I te tōku mama, ko kahu hamiora, tōku kuraua kapiti hamiora no Ngāti Tarawhai, me tūhaurangi Ngāti Wahiao, me Ngāti Pukiao, me tūhaurangi katoa. Tōku kuea ma te haere karei nā tūhaurangi, tarawera tūtū. Samantha explains her role as chair of Te Maru o Henemihi. Our goal with Te Maru has always been focused initially on the care, supporting the care of Henemihi out at Clandon Park, um, and that has been practical through the work of Dean Sully and um, contribution from whānau on cleaning days and things like that. Um, and sort of the spiritual rejuvenation through the huiato held every year w- when we could have them. But also with, with the call for an exchange, that that exchange means that there is a future whare that we need to consider within that space and the relationships that we need to build for that new whare to flourish and to be supported and for the National Trust who you know will manage that property to, to be supported in that because they're very much at the beginning of their journey and understanding what that actually means to, to work with us, to work with kind of Pacifica. And yeah, it's it's definitely a, a process. You know, there's there's no, I think, end date. So it's, it's kind of hard to talk about it as a project in some sense, senses because projects usually have an end. And I have been here so long that I have met a lot of people with the Tenemihi mahi that we do. Very excited about the project that has been in the works for a very, very long time. Because I also have a ngā kohinga pōtai, so I am so happy that I need to hear that, you know, my whānau whānau, my my blood whānau are involved. Wonderful people, champion people. If you're going to have a mahi of this size and this significance, they are such the people to have. Kia ora, tēnā koe maina, kia ora. So, so Sam, with Te Maru o Henemihi, as I understand, there have been uh, an open dialogue or discussions going back and forward with um, the likes of Nakohinga Whakaero o Henemihi. What has that process been like to kind of share that corridor from both home or Rotorua and, and for the Ropu? It's been it's been actually a really brilliant thing. I think for a long time, um, Tamaru was sort of trying to be a conduit for conversation going home, and often a lot of this was actually directly through Minor and her phone, um, which was a lot to put on her. So the formation of Ngakoinga um, as as a group that we specifically knew were coming um, when they first came. Um, which I cannot remember, was that 2019 that they came over? 
that was actually a really good space for us because we were able to, I mean, there were definitely questions and discussion that we knew that we couldn't give answers to and that we knew that those those questions had to go home and we were not in a position to to answer those. And so having having a rōpū at home who we could tautoko and say the National Trust, this is before that relationship between Ngākoing and the National Trust had really sort of been built and put in place. It's a lot more direct now, which is fantastic. Um, but at the time for us to be able to, to say to home, or oh, this is what the National Trust are asking, um, and they would like some support in this and then be able to bring people in has been really, really just so positive and um, has actually put us in a space to have a better idea about how we can support not just the National Trust with their mahi here, but also home with an understanding of what the landscape might be in terms of sort of cultural or legal in some cases, or explain some of the um, minutiae that kind of come up here that aren't really that common at home. The Māori diaspora in London is of course growing as more children are born there, but their only exposure to a whare in the physical sense is henemihi. Maina talks about raising her whānau. We've had four children here, and that's when we joined uh, Te Kohangarao o Ngāti Rānana, and we're very active in that, and so... Um, with hui ātou, with a, a te kohangarao hui ātou, we would go out anyway, pre-children, with children when we joined, and then we'd do the mahi, and then there was a while where I was chairperson of that, of the rōpū, and then I uh, was also part of Ngāti Rānana. With Timaru, when we were talking in the beginning about um, either repatriation or restoration and conservation, of her, I was also always for the latter. I never wanted her to go home because I knew how significant she had become to all of the peoples here. When the exchange came up, that I'm completely sold on it because it, for me, it's a win-win. My queer goes home, but you know, we get this. He whare mō te ao katoa. And so, Maina, given the pandemic, because Rangitihi Pene did say in the interview that I did with Nakuhinga that they have a goal in mind of 2025. Uh, what's your position on, on that? For me, what, and Sam knows this, all of Timari know this, what my father knows yet, that's my goal too. <laughs> so every, everything with Timaru, that's what I'm pushing for, 2025. In the series, we've heard about the fire that destroyed Clandon House in 2015. The house remains closed. The National Trust face a multi-million dollar repair bill. The fire destroyed many pieces kept inside Clandon House, as Samantha explains. There were taonga kept in there that had been given to the Onslows while they were in New Zealand. So from Ngāti Huia and I think other iwi, and a lot of those were destroyed in that fire. There were the tuku tuku panels um, that, you know, people like me and the volunteers that worked at the National Trust, people at Clandon, um, Dean Sully's students worked on a bunch of those panels that all went up in flames. You know, that was a really horrifying thing to kind of deal with. So the loss, you know, for us to kind of understand what was what was happening and and our fear for, you know, I mean, there were people who lived in that in that Clandon house. And they lost everything in that fire. Like the impact was just so 
horrible. Um, and, you know, I think we're still sort of coming to grips, you know, several years later and what that sort of means going forward. But, you know, Hinamahi, she's a survivor. This exchange is an opportunity for, you know, her to finish her travels across the world and head home and spend time with her whanau at home and, you know, at her tūranga waiwai to feel around her people. <laughs> and maybe, maybe a slightly less dramatic time for her would be nice, I think. Tēnā kōrua, Samantha Callahan, Chair of Te Maru Ohenemahi and Maina Tapiata. Nā mihi, kia kōrua. This series about Henemehe Te Tafito has explored not only the connection people have with the whare, but for Māori and Pacifica whānau, living in London, finding ways to support each other and foster their language, te reo Māori, tikanga Māori, 12,000 miles from home, has seen the formation of groups like Ngāti Rānana, Maramara Totara and Beats Pacifica. Donna Scott is the chair of Te Kohanga Reo o Ngāti Rānana. Natasha Vaike is a long-term member of the Kohanga. They both coordinated the Hāngi Day this year. We join them both in London. Ko Donna Scott tōku e ngoa, no Ngāti Mania Poto ahau, e noho ana au ki Rānana rua te kau, rua te kau mā ono tau i nai nei. Uh, ko au tētahi kai a whena o te Kohanga Reo Rānana o tēnei wā. Ai, kia ora. Kia ora, tēnā koe Donna Tasha. Kia ora. Oh, kia ora, uh, kia ora, matangike. Um, ko Tasha tōku ingo no ngā motu o te kukiairangi, no ngā motu o āmoa tōku whānau, whānau o ngā tamariki. E, rua te kaumārua pe o kutaui i rānana nei, nai nai. E rua ku ngā tamahine um, e ngā rāmua e, e kaiwhakahaere kai o te kohanga reo o rānana. Kia ora, tēnā kōrua. You know, as I've been doing these interviews in Rānana, there's obviously a very tight-knit community, Te Maru, Ngāti Rānana, Te Kohanga Reo Beats Polynesia. Is that how you both feel about living far from home and, and having that tight-knit whānau, Donna? Yeah, we are a whānau whānau, so not one of us. We work together. We're, we're always building those relationships as a whānau. So, yeah, I don't think... Any of us exists without the other. I, I don't think 20, however many, 22 or so years would have been possible without, you know, the connection with each other. It's um, it's made, uh, like Don said, it's whānau. And re- especially for Donna and I raising our tamariki over here, we could not do it without each other, without our whānau and our whānau whānau. So, yeah. So, Donna, maybe if we can start with you, can you give us a brief history about uh, Te Kohanga Reo Ngāti Rānana? So, we're, we're just, same as back home, we're a Māori community rōpū, so we're dedicated to giving um, our tamariki and our whānau access to te reo in tikanga Māori. Um, it's, it's an extension, if you like, of Ngāti Rānana. But I think more importantly, those founding members, members who we do acknowledge, they, they saw a gap they identified a gap for the tamariki to be recognised, you know, within themselves. So, yeah, it's been amazing. Like, we are the same whānau. A lot of the koiawhina that started, you know, started out helping kōhanga were Ngāti Rānana koiawhina yeah. or members. So that's how it all started, to help the, the tamariki. So, yeah, we, we're all the same whānau. We work together. 
Beats Polynesia, Tasha. Fit into this kaupapa. Well, actually, funnily enough, when I arrived in 1999, I put a panui out there for any Cook Islanders and um, didn't get any Cook Islanders responding because there were very few, but um, got a, a response from one of the founding members of Te Kohanga Reo and um, Angelique, amazing wahine, and she just said, oh, we've got a kohanga here because I was heavily pregnant with my eldest. She goes, come on down to kohanga. So, yeah, that was how it all started. And um, I ended, I started with kohanga and then chairperson with kohanga for a few years. And then I think it was um, my baby came to me when she was about four. And uh, she was, you know, both my, my tamariki started um, with kohanga, both born into the kohanga reo ranana. And, um, yeah, she, she came to me at four years old and, and she'd just been to one of her little classes that we have over here in England. And she says, Mama, you know, why am I the only brown one in the class? Mm. And, you know, my heart bled and I was like, oh, baby, okay, kohanga is amazing and ahakoa heiti he mu, but we needed more for our tamariki, you know, and whilst um, their dad and I were raising them in our island values at home, um, they weren't seeing that outside their front door. I thought, well, it's time for, yes, they are Māori, yes, but they are Cook Island Māori first, um, Samoan first, and we need, it's about time, you know, we we teach them who they are first. Beats came into existence, and we started in 2005, um, and it was with the initial the initial focus to bring together our first-generation Pacifica UK British children, you know, and to give them as much as we could of who they are over here. So yeah, we've been going since 2005. My first thing was to rope in the, the kohanga parents as well and all the tamariki from kohanga as well. I was like, come on, hurry up, we're starting Beats Polynesia as well. So, and that's the way it's been over the years. Um, Tasha, if we can talk about how you connect to Hinemihi in particular. I, like I said, I went along to um, Kohanga and um, there, we had our beautiful kui at the time, Kui Rahira, Windsor, um, Rachel Windsor. She um, grabbed hold of me and she said, oh, come on, we're going to go out to Hinamahi. And I was just like, okay, yep. And didn't know much about Hinamahi, you know. We were out there and um, she took us on and I was, I was carrying my firstborn and there seemed to be, there is a beautiful wairua about Hinamahi and she you know, just we cried as soon as we went up to her. We we just cried, and from that moment onwards, up into the to the point where her fakaida were taken down and everything else, we've been going out there and just sitting with her all these years because she is so beautiful and so special. Today, Hinemihi remains for the most part closed to the public, and activities have been few and far between due to the COVID nineteen pandemic. But this year, the community rallied and hosted the Hangi Day. You know, we had to have the discussions about Pohiri and you know having our manuhiri facing Hinemihi. Because the only entrance was behind our whare. So, yeah, they are very respectful in that way, um, you know, of our culture and our koa. So practical things. I mean, even with Hui Atou, we have access to nothing out there except a bowser of water um, for our kaimahi and our ringawera um, in the morning. So everything, the irons, the wood for the kai, all gets taken out there. Right. Um, it is different. Um, as Fayataj said, you know, after I went we're going out there a few weeks before Huiato, and at first sight of her, yeah, the tears just started rolling like, 
Um, and I witnessed as well, as Tash shares with her baby, a lot of our rangatahi, you know, without her carving, she was almost a former, former shadow of herself. And having grown up here, our, our role, our mahi as a whānau is to tautoko um, Matua mm -hmm. Jim Shuster and Ngāti Hinamahi, you know, where Timaru's been amazing for us to build those relationships. Um, Ngāwhakairo, it's lovely working with them, you know, because we all we all know where we're coming from. You know, we're all wor working towards the same kaupapa. Yeah, as, as brokenhearted as we are, we've also got that joy that she is going home as well. You know, so it's it's a it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? It's our pain, but it's a joy as well that she's going home to her people. Are you optimistic that there will be an exchange and a fare built in Ranana for the Farno? How do you kind of sit with that? I personally think, and I, I you know, our kuya is so powerful and so uh, her wairu is so strong. She knows the way we feel, and she wouldn't let it go without leaving us something i believe in that you know she will make sure that we have something in her place to remember her by won't be her but and yeah and i do believe that hanamihi will not let us go without she knows what it means to us as well you know once you do learn of her history our whare, you know she's a taonga and herself surviving you know sheltering her tupuna back in Tarawera and then surviving the fire here. It's like worlds and centuries apart. So I think we recognise that. I total call by a tash. Thanks to Kiwirua Marshall, Esther Jessup, Samantha Callahan, Maina Tapiata, Donna Scott and Natasha Vaike. Now, while he did not feature in this series, a special mention to Professor Dean Sully, author of the book Decolonising Conservation, who is well known both here and in London for his manakitanga and care of henemihi, and to his students who have helped in the maintenance of the whare over the years. A special thank you to all of the contributors in the series. Jim Schuster, Alan Gallup, Anthony Hoite, Mark Adams, Hamish Coney, Kitty and Wikitera, Nadia Pavlov, Chris Reynolds, Rangitihi Pene, Ruakiri Hall, and Colin Tihi. Metoro Atsukite Epurangi RNZ slash Tiahika Kiarongoai Kitene Hotaka. For all of the episodes in this series, you can, of course, download the podcast. Search RNZ Tiahika on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you access your podcasts. Kwa ea tatato kaupapa, ahakwa kwa mutsu, te wiki o te reo Māori, me kōrero te reo inga wā katoa. Hoki mai hei tērā wiki, tēnā tātou katoa.